Welcome to Adventures in the Spirit with Jared Lasky. Our hope is that you will be encouraged and equipped through this podcast as we have conversations with friends from around the world. You can subscribe to our podcast and go to our website, firebornministries.com, and sign up for our email list to stay up to date on Fireborn Ministries. And may you have your own adventures in the Spirit. And now we hope you enjoy today's podcast. Welcome to another adventure in the Holy Spirit. Thank you so very much for subscribing to this podcast. Thank you so much for texting it to your friends, blessing them with incredible interviews that we've had the last couple of years. So I want to encourage you to continue to do that. Sharing is caring and people's lives will be blessed because this podcast is about uh, not just information. We've got a lot of information Uh, We've had incredible interviews on this podcast, but this podcast is also impartation and it's also activation and as well as revelation of Jesus Christ. I want to encourage you to jump in to our free spirit empowered three secrets to dialogue with the Holy Spirit. That link is provided. You could opt in to our email list and get that free PDF download. Uh, And you could also jump out of the email list if, if you think you've got too much. No harm, no foul. We just want to equip you and empower you to dialogue with the Holy Spirit, to draw near to Jesus. And that's why Fireborn Ministries exists, why my wife Rochelle and I do what we do for the glory of Jesus, seeing people receive salvation, healing, hearing God's voice and prophesying, and receive the precious baptism of the Holy Spirit to be empowered to be a witness for Jesus around the world. So thank you so very much for being part of the Fireborn Ministries family. Guys, I'm excited for my special guest today. He was a professor of mine some years ago. I'm not going to say how many years ago (laughs) in Bible college. And he had a class called apologetics, which was one of my most favorite classes while I was in. There's He's been a missionary. He's currently an author. So let me read his bio real quick of his new book. He's got this book called A Stroll Through Hebrews. So Dr. Wick, Jim Wick, grew up in church and learned to read by reading the Bible. He began his ministry at 23 years old, planting a church in Montana, and then later going to Oregon, where he pastored for a number of years. And then he eventually got his PhD, and then he ended up being one of my professors, and then a missionary to the Philippines, starting a Bible college there. And he's currently here in the States. So please help me welcome Dr. Wick, Jim Wick. It's difficult for me to say that, Jim Wick. (laughs) He was a professor. So Jim, welcome to Adventures in the Spirit, brother. Thank you, Jared. It's so good to see you again and, and have a chat with you. Well, it's it's an honor, seriously. Um, I've had Dr. Jenkins on, and now I've got Dr. Wick on my podcast. So it's amazing what the Holy Spirit has done through your ministry, through your life. The last, should I even say it? <laughs> I mean, I graduated in 2003. And uh, again, you had one of my most favorite classes of apologetics. You're, you're learned. I mean, you you taught us well. I remember some of the lively discussions in that class. And just how you were able to navigate us and get people to agree to disagree and still love each other. Uh, I think we need more dialogue in this day and age. But Dr. Wick, can you share some of your backstory so that my listeners and my viewers can get to know you more and just share what the Holy Spirit, you know, how, how he's launched you into doing what you're doing? Yes, well, I was born into a Christian family, a, a very fundamentalist Christian family. And uh, they, the thing about fundamentalism, they 
push the Bible on you. And, and my parents literally taught me to read as a very young child, reading the old King James version of the Bible. And so the Bible has just been part of who I am my entire life. And uh, I did unfortunately rebel against that fundamental legalism and run off and and quit the church and got married when I was just 17 years of old back, uh, back in Montana. And uh, it was several years that I was backslidden that God, during that time, I got drafted in the army. I was sent to uh, one of the more remote areas uh, of army bases in Alaska, where God got a hold of me again up there, just isolated and uh, baptized me in the spirit. That was one of the more life-changing events the holy spirit i'll never forget uh, my mother when i shared this with my mother hoping she would be happy that i come back to the lord and she literally cried her eyes out when she found out i uh, had spoken in tongues because according to just a lot of fundamentalists uh speaking in tongues and the, talking about the holy spirit is they think it's the opposite spirit <laughs> and uh, it's just been an uphill uphill battle in some ways but an uphill uh, drive in, in many ways just to follow the holy spirit to get to know the holy spirit uh, i think too often we tend to kind of neglect the holy spirit you know we we talk about the father and talk about jesus but we don't talk about the holy spirit that much but the holy spirit is the one who God sent. That's the one who Jesus sent to, to, to live with us and to, uh, to teach us. And so I don't think we can overestimate the importance of the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. That's right. I, I love the Holy Spirit. He's the reason why I do what I do. Dr. Wick, uh, you've been a missionary uh, over the years. You just recently returned from the Philippines. You planted a Bible college there, uh, able to pass that on to people there. I was curious with what, what you saw in the mission field. What was it like, you know, pioneering a work overseas? It was a challenge, but it was the most rewarding thing I've ever done in my life. You know, the most humbling thing is when you have people come to you and say, you know, uh, we've been praying for years that God would send somebody here to teach us and to raise us up in ministry. And when you realize that that one that is an answer to their prayer, it's, it's humbling. Uh, it's hard to describe how humbling that is to, to just recognize that God has actually used you. Because God sent us to the more remote areas. We did not go to the big city. We went, uh, was in the southern island of Mindanao, which is usually referred to as Muslim Mindanao, because it was populated by the Muslims many, many years ago, and they're still... Um, you know, they've done a lot to the Muslims there the same way we've done to American Indians here, where they've kind of put them on their own sovereign areas, you know, almost like a, you know, like a tribal area and uh, reservation area. But we dealt a lot with the Muslim population, but the people were just so grateful to have to have the gospel taught to them, to have something that was more than just you know, they, they don't have a lot of education when you get up in the mountains and things. A, a third of sixth grade education is as much as most of them have. And so I learned a lot of things. I was humbled. You know, I taught at Bible college for many years, as you know, and kind of get the idea, you know what you're doing. But then when you get with people uh, that are not that educated and and you're trying to teach them, you've got the language uh, barriers there. You've got uh, even things like using figures of speech in different languages are, uh, are, are a challenge. And so 
that's what I've tried to do with these books that I've written is, is put things in a way that can't be misunderstood. Uh, because I learned that, that you have to, uh, you have to uh, just be clear, be concrete, kind of steer away from a lot of your religious Christian jargon uh, in order for people to really understand what's going on. Yeah, that's right. You can hear God's voice and prophesy. Every person with the Spirit of God living in them can be used by God for entry-level prophecy. Entry-level prophecy is the starting point of an incredible adventure in hearing God's voice and prophesying. Prophecy encourages, comforts, and edifies people. And our heart is to equip and educate you to hear God and prophesy, walking it out as a lifestyle. And that's why we created Entry-Level Prophecy eCourse on CharismaCourses.com. Through this powerful e-course, you will be equipped to hear God and to prophesy. You will gain the necessary biblical understanding needed to take a step of faith and speak what you hear God saying to see people encouraged, comforted, and edified. In this course, you'll learn about the fruit of the Spirit, the character traits of God, how to receive and deliver a prophecy, how to judge a prophecy, and what foundation you need to prophesy, and what heart motivations are necessary to prophesy. When you enroll in this e-course, you'll also have access to bonus materials and our live coaching sessions. Go to charismacourses.com to purchase entry-level prophecy and learn how to hear God's voice and prophesy. And you got a PhD, and you were a theologian, a Bible college professor, president of a Bible college. But you've got this book, A Stroll Through Hebrews, and as I was reading it, you know, this is very practical. Uh, even for me, I've got a Master of Divinity. I, I got my MA from a fundamental Baptist seminary. I think they'll disown me at this point. So we'll see if I get a letter in the mail uh, where they revoke <laughs> my degree. But God bless them. They love the Word. Yes, and, but I love the Holy Spirit who glorifies Jesus, who is the Word. So in your, in your book, A Stroll Through Hebrews, you talk about angels and demons. And I'd love for you to kind of explain what the Bible shows us about angels and demons, because there's been a pop culture idea that even some people bring into the church that's, you know, pretty wrong. You know, just a false sense of what angels and demons really are or what they do or if they do anything. So can you show us what the Bible says about angels and demons? Yes, I, I wrote uh quite a bit because the book of Hebrews talks about that in the first three chapters. It talks about uh, those. And, you know, I learned the lessons, the more lessons. I learned theologically what the Bible says, but practically I've learned even more personally. When I was in the Philippines, one of the things, you know, we talk about demon possession and things. You, and We don't really take that too seriously here in America because we've learned to to label things, you know, like whatever disease or whatever um, mental condition we might have. But in the Philippines, you get up in some of these remote tribal areas, demon possession, demon oppression is very real. One of the classes we teach and had to develop in the, in the Bible school over there is on demons and, and how a deliverance on the deliverance ministry, because that's one of the big areas. I was introduced to to demon possession actually many years ago, but I, I, I didn't understand it as much as I do now uh, with my first wife. My first wife, and I'm, I say that because my first wife died, and so uh, I, I have my uh, another uh, wife at this point, but she was not a Christian. 
when I married her. I married her, as I said before, uh, at a time when I was backslid, at a time when I was not walking with the Lord. And and I got married at the age of 17. She was just 15. And and but that marriage lasted for 34 years before she uh, before she went to be with the Lord. But at that point, she was not a Christian. She had she was actually rebelling against anything Christian. We was at a meeting one time. She did come to church with me and different things. But we was at a meeting one time. Actually, it was down Coos Bay, Oregon. This evangelist that was preaching came to me and said, you know, I, I, I really perceive that, that your wife needs some spiritual deliverance. I was a little bit taken back, uh, and, and he shared with me some of the things that he felt. And uh, so we, he tried to deal with her, and she just, well, that, that demon just really, really reacted when he tried to deal with her and and it took some time and finally we was able to exercise that demon out and a couple of years from that point uh, uh we had been married at that point almost 20 years and and she finally gave her heart to the lord and was saved so that was it and then when we got to the philippines we found out that that demon oppression that manifestation of demons in in people was so real it was just you just seen it in in so many different things and in some of the religious practices some of the the mental characteristics that you see in people you had to deal with deliverance deliverance was a big big ministry of course that was a big ministry of jesus and and in america we think that that kind of ended like we think so many things ended but that's very real and it's is something that we need to um, to really give ourselves to and discerning you know one of the gifts of the spirit that's listed in first corinthians 12 that i think is one of the more neglected gifts is the gift of the discerning of spirits this holy spirit he knows <laughs> when they're not holy he knows when it's it's another spirit other than him and and we need to pay attention to that and listen to, to to that and use operate that gift in the church uh, now as far as angels you know i learned again i learned a personal experience that i share in the, in the book about the, the reality of angels god sends them he says be, be be careful when you're entertaining strangers because some some of you entertain angels and you don't even know uh angels are there and he it says it's sent as ministering spirits to minister to god's people and I think there's evidence in the scripture, and I, I, I share a lot more of that in the book, that God assigns an angel to us at birth. And that angel follows us through uh, until we go to be the Lord. My wife died December 13 of year 2000, my first wife. And we was at a Christmas party for at the, at the Bible college there. And, and one of our graduating seniors who was uh, uh, in the, the sacred music program that they had there was the entertainment for the evening. She was singing and, and entertaining. Once we went home, we got done with that party and we went home and my wife was had died during the night. By the next morning, she was gone. And uh, about two months later, this lady that was, and you'd know her if I gave her her name, came to me with tears in her eyes. She said, I know God wants me to share this with you, but I'm afraid to because I, you know, I was a professor. She was a student. It's just there's sometimes that barrier there with people. She came to me and she said, you know, the night that you was at the Christmas party and my wife, she had a, one of her legs amputated, her right leg amputated well above her knee because she had bone cancer. And so she was in a wheelchair and, and, and this lady said, you know, I was so distracted. I, 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 I didn't know if I was going to be able to sing properly. I was just totally distracted. 
because I could see behind your wife's wheelchair, this big, strong, muscular angel. And he had his hands on the handlebars of the wheelchair. And I knew in my spirit, she said, that he was there to escort her home. And uh, uh, it was such a great comfort, uh, such a great comfort to know, you know, even as, you know, as a Bible college professor, you know, there, there should be no doubts. <laughs> there should be no question. But I have to confess that sometimes, and, and I, I had some questions because my wife actually smoked. Uh, she'd smoked cigarettes since the time she was 14 years of age. And, and that was a contributing factor to her death even because she had her leg amputated. And in healing, she died of a, of a blood clot, which happened because of the, of the poor circulation. And, and so I had a little question, Lord, can you take somebody to heaven that, 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 you know, that has that type of sin in their life? And God comforted me and God, but it was an angel that came and escorted her. God, when you die, you don't just float around out there and say, well, I wonder where I'm going, which way is, you know, which way is heaven, which way is, you know, God sends his angel. And, and uh, the Bible is very clear. We don't worship angels. Angels are not worthy of worship. When the apostle John in, in the book of Revelation was an angel came to him to bring a message to him and he fell down to worship the angel said don't do that you don't worship angels i'm not worthy of worship but they still are very active in the lives of god's people that's right that is that's pretty comforting uh, i agree with you we worship god we worship jesus we, we worship him and he's the supreme one you know and that's something that you draw out in your book as well and that's something that the book of hebrews shows uh we live in a very interesting time right where people are interested in the supernatural we the church we have the answer we have the answer in jesus christ we have the answer in the word of god the scripture uh, and we need to go you know do what jesus did but know him personally first and foremost so as the world i saw something today that mcdonald's they're offering tarot cards reading through something like a, an app or something you know, yeah. that is not a realm that we need to mess with. We, you know, that's stuff that Christians should not participate in whatsoever. Sure. Any of that, that stuff. But yeah. the, Je and all that stuff, yeah. yeah, Jesus is, and there are ghost apps even. I've had people reach out to me who are like doing these ghost apps. And I've done remote deliverances, you know, in the name of Jesus for these people to be set free from this stuff. So the world is trying to provide these false answers, but we have the true answer in the mm -hmm. scripture and through Jesus Christ. So can you explain to us the supremacy of Jesus, which is something that we need to hear, which the book of Hebrews talks about? Yes, yeah, so, you know, that's the main, really the main focus of the whole book of Hebrews because it's named Hebrews because it was written to the Hebrew people. If you do research back and look even in the book of Acts, you will find out that there was huge controversy uh, between the Jews and the Gentiles because the Jews, well, a lot of the Jews didn't really know who Jesus was. They, they had rejected him. They had insisted on, on him being crucified. And then even those that were believing were insisting that the Gentiles had to keep the law. And so the writer of the book of Hebrews comes along and he, he's trying to demonstrate who Jesus is. And the, the entire thing he begins, it's, it's systematic when you look at it. In, in how he's written it. He wants people to know the supremacy of Jesus Christ. And he begins by talking about 
that Jesus is superior to angels. Yes, there are angels. They do supernatural things, but Jesus is far superior to angels. Uh, Then he goes on, which would have been very shocking to the Jews that he was writing to, is that Jesus was even far superior to Moses. And and then he goes on that that, uh, Jesus was far superior to any of the priesthood. The the priesthood of the the, uh, law was the priesthood of Aaron. The whole tribe of Levi was priests, but he shows that the, that Jesus was far superior as a priest to any of the priests of the Old Testament, all that the whole uh, Levitical priesthood. And then he goes on to, to show that Jesus is far superior, the covenant that Jesus made. Jesus talked about the new covenant in his blood. So the writer of Hebrews goes into great detail to show how the, uh, Jesus's priesthood as a priest is far superior He's a priest after the order of Melchizedek and not after the order of Aaron. And uh, so he he demonstrates unequivocally how superior Jesus's priesthood is to the priesthood of the law. And then he he talks about the covenants because the covenant that the that the Jews at that point were trying to uphold was the covenant of Moses, the covenant of law. But we need to understand, and and one of the things I write about, I I think I spend a little bit more time in my first book, uh, The Gospel of the Wayfarer, uh, than I do in the second book. But I talk about it quite a bit in my second book, too, because the point is made that the covenant Jesus is under is far superior to the covenant that the Jews want to live under, the covenant of the law. Because, you see, all of the covenants that God made are temporary. They're conditional covenants. The condition of the the covenant of law that was under Moses was a very conditional covenant. It was conditioned upon them keeping the law. If they didn't keep the law, the law was void. The covenant he made with Adam was was temporary. It was conditional on that they don't eat of the fruit. Conditional covenants. But God made this covenant with Abraham. And this is what we need to understand is that the new covenant that Jesus talked about is really the covenant that he made with Abraham. He talks to the apostle Paul talks about that more in his book to Galatians and Colossians because the covenant Jesus made is far superior. The covenant God made that we are under today, he, he give it to, to, to Abraham. He passed it on to Isaac. Then he Isaac passed it on to Jacob, which became the, the tribe of Israel. And then it, he passed that on then to King David and that line through King David, then the, that covenant was fulfilled in Christ Jesus. And so that covenant is an unconditional covenant. You look back when God made that covenant in Genesis 12, and then it uh, talks about it more again in Genesis 15. And then it, it follows throughout the entire rest of scripture. When you read that, it just, you can't help but yelling hallelujah when you read that and understand that covenant because God made that covenant totally unconditional. In fact, what he did is put Abraham to sleep. <laughs> he put Abraham to sleep and he cut that covenant. And then he said, because I could swear by no one greater, I swore by myself. Because God was not going to take a chance on human hands touching it. He couldn't make it because he knew that Adam couldn't keep the covenant. When he made the covenant dependent upon Adam, he knew he couldn't do it. He couldn't make it dependent upon the children of Israel because when he made the covenant with with the children of Israel, they couldn't keep it. They broke it every time. So God made a covenant with Abraham 
that went through Isaac and Jacob and David and fulfilled in Jesus Christ. That is a completely unconditional covenant that when we accept it, we are secure in Jesus Christ. Amen. I love that. Jesus is superior, far superior from all. Oh, my gosh. I love his grace. With the last couple minutes that we have, can you define Jesus grace, the, the covenant of grace for us and why people should respond to him as king, as Lord, as savior? Yeah, because it comes down to that covenant. It's a condi unconditional covenant that once we accept him, our sins are gone. The scripture says our sins is, is, is gone as far as the east is from the west. <laughs> they are no more. We are secure in Jesus Christ. It's only when we are within Jesus Christ and filled with his Holy Spirit. John chapter 3. We need to understand John chapter 3 very clearly where Jesus had the, the conversation with the biblical scholar Nicodemus. And Jesus said, you must be born again. But we are born again because of the work that jesus did jesus did the work he finished the work he sat down at the right hand of the father and when we accept him we are seated at the right hand of the father with him and it's only then there is no other name no other name given among men whereby we must be saved than through our lord jesus christ administered by and through the holy spirit the same spirit jesus said and this is so important the very same spirit that raised jesus christ from the dead now dwells in us amen i'm going to take a step of faith here if anybody who's viewing or listening into this you know this go has gone out to 127 nations just last month it's blessing people but people are coming to christ through it i'm going to take a step of faith now can you lead someone, if someone has questions about how to give their life to Jesus, you know, I'm taking a step of faith. Can you lead them now? Show them how they can enter into the covenant of grace in Jesus. Yes, absolutely. It's, it's not a formula like some people want a formula. If you say That's these right. particular words, it's a matter of the heart. It's a matter of the heart where we understand that we cannot save ourselves. Just simply turn your heart, your heart. Not necessarily words. Now, your words follow your heart, but don't just follow somebody who's given you words. And you know, I hate it when people say, now repeat after me. Well, that might be all right if that's words are really coming from you. But if you're just repeating somebody else's words, we need to repeat the words that God is giving us. And once we just say, just simply turn to, to God, simply turn to him and say, Lord, I can't save myself. I can't save myself. There's nothing in me worthy uh, to saving myself. But Jesus Christ, he has promised. He has promised and he will do it because he, he loved you so much. He loved you so much that he literally gave his own life. The father loved you so much that he actually gave his son, Jesus Christ, to you that you can be saved. Just turn your heart to him. Turn your heart to him and watch him work as you are filled to overflowing with the Holy Spirit. Oh, that's so good. I am in full agreement with you there. May the Holy Spirit bless people viewing this, bless people watching it, bless people who are listening in. May people give their life to Jesus. And guys, be launched into the greatest adventure of your life ever. Amen. Amen. Dr. Amen. Wick, it would be an honor to have you pray for us right now Amen. yeah please do 
Father, we are so grateful, Lord, that you have given us of your word, Lord. We are so grateful that you have given us of your Holy Spirit, Lord, because we know that that is the down payment of what there is to come, Lord. And and as we give ourselves to you, Lord, you have you have given us these great and precious promises. Lord, teach us. Teach us, Lord. We, we're just weak human vessels living in these weak, frail bodies, Lord. But you have given us, when we are filled with your Holy Spirit, you have given us power to become your sons and your daughters, Lord. So, Lord, I just pray for all of those that are listening, Lord. I pray for Jared's ministry, Lord. Just bless him. I pray for each one that's listening, Lord, that you would just touch them, Lord. If, if they don't have your Holy Spirit, Lord, send an angel to them to just minister to them and, and to bring them to that place of recognizing their need. And, and if they're filled with your spirit, Lord, just quicken that spirit and, and let them understand, Lord, like they've never understood before, your power and your willingness, Lord, to save your people and to bless your people, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Dr. Wick, still, I, I can't call you Jim. I think that's an honor thing. <laughs> Jim, what is the best way for people to um, get a hold of your book? It's available, of course, on Amazon. Uh, it's available at any books at any bookstore, but it is also available. And actually, to be very honest, it's a little cheaper if you buy it right from right from the publisher, which is uh, West Bowl Press. West Bowl Press does not charge shipping. Because the book is under $25, Amazon charges you shipping for that. And so you end up paying a little bit more. But if you get it from Westbow Press, who is the publisher, uh, there is no shipping. So I, I would encourage people to just buy it directly from the publisher, Westbow Press. Westbow Press, honor. Thank you so very much. I've got an autographed copy. So thank you <laughs> so very much. You're a celebrity, Dr. Wake. <laughs> All right, guys, I want to encourage everybody, share this. Share, sharing is caring. So share this around the world. Share it on your social media. But also subscribe to Adventures in Spirit, Jared Lasky, available anywhere you listen to podcasts. And next to two friends, I bless all of you in the name of Jesus, who is the supreme one. Amen so much for listening to our conversation and adventures in the spirit we hope that this podcast encouraged and inspired you to press into jesus and launches you into your own adventure you can stay up to date with fireborn ministries by going to our website firebornministries.com and like us on facebook and may you have your own adventures in the spirit oh hello Meet Optima Health, your friend for Medicaid coverage. Like any true friend, we can help make life a little easier with discounts on healthy food and gift cards for pregnancy and child checkups. We include vision and medical help 24-7. See more benefits at OptimaMedicaid.com slash hello. It's time to say hello to Optima Health, a health plan you can count on.